Well, good evening, everybody. Hey, it's Halloween and you guys are at church. If there's a uh, gold star chart in heaven, you guys get a gold star for tonight. So way to go. Uh, hey, is anybody else here wearing shorts tonight? Okay, good. I didn't see many shorts. For Minnesota weather, this is, this is warm. This is awesome. I mean, it's already snowed in Minnesota. So, uh, it's great, great to, did it snow here already? Okay, but it's not gonna snow this weekend, right? Is it gonna snow this weekend? It better not. It better not. Hey, who is going on fall retreat this weekend? Let's go. Let's go. Who do I remember from last year? All right. Yes, I remember you. I remember you. That's awesome. Uh, just in case you're wondering, uh, you know, if you guys, because there will be plenty of time for you to get out and uh, go do some trick-or-treating tonight, I'm, I'm assuming, uh, my favorites in order of favorite would be um, caramel M&M's first. Okay, so if you're, I mean, if you've got an excess of caramel M&M's, You'll know where to find me in two days. Then we're going to go red bag Skittles, okay? Normal Skittles, okay? But you don't eat Skittles all one color at a time. You got to taste the rainbow, right? You got to put them all in, taste the rainbow, okay? And then the third one is nerds. You got to go, you got to go with nerds, right? Okay? So if you guys happen to have an excess of candy, uh, you, uh, you, you'll know where to find me here this weekend. Okay. Some awesome Halloween costumes here. Uh, shout out to the freakiest costume in the room, the doctor with the, the mask man that gave me the heebie-jeebies when she walked in. I was like, what did you do? Where are you going to poke me? Or what did I do? Where are you going to poke me? Uh, I want to show you my, uh, my childhood mask. It is on. Do I hit the button that goes right? Intuitively, I would, but... Uh, can we get a little background music, please? This is awesome. Okay. There it is. There it is. Okay. So, we're talking about masks. All right. I want to take you back to the vintage year of 1984. Some of you, you were teenagers then. Uh, I was a five-year-old little boy. And this was actually Kellogg's made this cereal, C-3PO's. So it was like a version of Cheerios or whatever. But they made C-3PO's, and on the back of the cereal box was that Stormtrooper mask. And so you see the, the little circles in the eyes and then the, the outline for the nose. So I got the Stormtrooper, and then my brother, there was another box that had C-3PO on it. And we wore long underwear top and bottom. And, and I walked around as a stormtrooper, and that was my favorite, uh, my favorite Halloween costume of all time. Masks have improved a little bit since then, haven't they? Uh, okay, is it working now? Oh, man. Oh, that's too quick. Okay, who knows what movie is this from? Sorry. That's all right. Hey, let's talk about some iconic masks from history. Oh, man, you have to start. Have you, have you seen this movie? Okay. The, basically anything Jim Carrey will define both my sense of humor and my high school career, okay? So, uh, but this is Jim Carrey in the mask. I figure if we're talking about masquerade, masks, all that, uh, we got to start with, with this. Uh, we all know Iron Man. Hey, 
if you see a mask that you love, let's cheer for that, okay? Or woo or whatever, okay? So, another like, oh, interesting. Uh, a very testosterone-filled uh, cheer for that. Uh, didn't see many ladies cheering for Jason. We got Batman. That's a... Uh, that is an old school Batman mask there. Um, what's the guy's name who plays Batman now? Who? It's not Tobey Maguire. Tom Holland, yes. My daughter thinks he's cute. I think he looks great wearing a mask. All right. We got two masks here. We got the Phantom of the Opera and V for Vendetta. How many of you guys seen the Phantom of the Opera? I'm wearing it. Okay, you are wearing that. That's awesome. Uh, there's that one girl who has the, she's kind of almost like the narrator line. She's like, every time she comes up, she's like, the Phantom, the Phantom of the Opera. And then she's back, and that's her whole part in the whole movie, or the whole play. And I just laugh every time, because I'm like, that's the funniest part in all of musical theater. I actually busted... A little Princess Bride out the other day, and my wife asked me for something, and I looked at her, real serious. I can't do it without smiling right now, but I just said, as you wish. And she, putty in my hands. Oh, mercy! That's a scary mask right there. All right, we got Bane. Does uh, Kansas know anything about hockey? Is there any hockey down here? Well, there's an iconic hockey, hockey mask. Not many wrestling fans. Rey Mysterio didn't get much. Okay, we got one wrestling fan. All right. Zorro. Zorro. Hey, I want to give you guys a heads up. How many of you have been to Cabo or are going to Cabo this summer? Okay, so I used to do a lot of missions in Latin America, Honduras, and Panama primarily. And one time we were down there and we were mixing cement by hand uh, to pour a floor on a school we were building there. And there was this one Honduran guy that was just a stud. Like, he was doing five times as much work as me and my guys were doing all by himself, okay? And I was like, who's the Latin American superhero? You know, I'm like, oh, you're like Superman if we were in Kansas or Minnesota. Uh, so I was like, Zorro. So I started calling him Zorro. And all day I'm calling, like, you're like Zorro, man, it's awesome. And then my translator came to me and said, uh, don't call him Zorro. Zorro is the word we use for, like, guys who like to chase girls and all that. Hey, you're such a Zorro. You know, you're always after the girls. So, hey, if you're going to Latin America, don't call a guy Zorro. But his mask was awesome. There we go. Uh, my vote for the most iconic mask of all time is Darth Vader. Even though he's a bad guy, uh, he's, he gets my vote. You know, you guys, you've heard the analogy, like, when, when people are, you know, they're trying to hide something or they're trying to portray an image that uh, isn't really for them, that's something different than what they really are. It's like that they're wearing a mask, right? Have you guys heard that analogy before? Okay, and, and we know that that's not, that's not real. That's not the truth. And most of the time, the mask that we're covering up is covering up what, what we feel is a broken heart, and it may very well be that the person who's wearing the mask has something that's been broken inside of them. Um, they're, they're trying to, to cover that up. I think if, if all of us would just take just a second and think about our own lives, we could probably very quickly come up with something that, you know, I, I try to hide that from people. 
I wear a mask. It's not a physical, hard, um, touchable mask, but it's an actual mask that, that, that we're trying to portray a different image. There's a lot of feedback on this microphone. Is that something that can be adjusted? Um, uh, so, okay, here's one story about the, one of the times that I wore a mask, all right? I was probably in eighth grade, and I was at camp, all right? And I loved going to camp. And this particular year, I had these sunglasses, all right? And they were like, you know, normal sunglasses, but they had the thick plastic that goes. It's kind of cool now where it's all black, but this was like blue on one side and yellow on the other and has paint speckled all over it. And I thought, these were the coolest sunglasses ever. And all week, every time I was outside of my cabin, I was wearing the sunglasses. And there happened to be this group of girls at camp that year, and these were like guys— you know. They are the group of girls that when you see them, you're like, hmm, I think I'm going to sit as close to them as possible at lunch. You know, I'm just going to try to be around them. Hey, look, I don't really like playing volleyball. Now volleyball is my favorite because that's all I want to do is play volleyball to be by those girls. Okay? And I remember one of those girls, her name was Kristen, and this is, this story's got a really bad ending. Kristen was like, she's like, hey, Matt, why are you always wearing sunglasses? I can't tell if you're looking at me or not, and it's weird. And that was like, it just shocked me. I remember the feeling in my heart. It was like, I can't believe it. I thought I was being cool. I thought I was portraying this image that was going to make me, you know, cool and more attractive, like, socially to these, to everybody at camp. And so, of course, the sunglasses came off and never came out again that week, all right? Now, if you were to ask me what's my most embarrassing moment, two days later— we're playing a large group game out on the ball field where we had to have partners where you either held hands or linked arms and it was like partner kickball or something like this. This Kristen girl asked me to be her partner, okay? Like, dudes. I, yeah, I was, yes, yes. Except the, the girl was chasing me, at least in my mind. I mean, she asked me, okay? So, of course, I'm like, we're going to go play right field. I'm going to get as far away from the action as possible because now, like, I'm this cool guy, and, I, and we were holding hands, you know. I was holding hands with Chris, Kristen, and she was, I mean, she was beautiful, okay. Well, my aunt had made me these shorts, um, and I thought they were, again, I thought they were really cool shorts. They were like these mesh shorts with two different colors here and then two different colors on the back of the legs, but she, she skipped a step, a very important step in shorts, which is the, the drawstring, okay? So, okay, my, my buddy back here knows where this is going, all right? So I'm back there holding Kristen's hand, and I, my emotions have been up and down and up this whole week. Like I had, I, I was up, I was cool, I was wearing the shades. Then I was down because I was a loser because I got called out about the shades. Now I'm holding Kristen's hand, and somebody snuck up behind me and went, whoosh. And my shorts were at my ankles. Uh, luckily, that's all that came down. Uh, but I just I kind of looked down, dropped her hand, bent over, picked up my shorts, and then offered my arm and said I wasn't even, like, dignified to hold her hand anymore because I had just been pants. That... that that story has nothing to do, but it was the same summer as, as when I was wearing that mask with the sunglasses, but I figured I had to say it, so if you guys ever get pants, you'll, you can think of me and, and uh, let me know. Send me an email, and, and we'll, uh, we'll console each other. 
So uh, I've got, really quick, as we're talking about masks, I want to just spend a little bit of time in Scripture here and tell two stories uh, from the Bible that, that show this. And the first one is found— oh yeah, I forgot I had this picture. <laughs> uh, that kid looks dopey. That's what I look like. All right, there we go. Uh, in Genesis chapter 3, okay, this is right after God created the world. He said it was good. He created man. Uh, he said it's not good for him to be alone. He created woman. Uh, they're together in the garden. It's perfect. Everything is good. And then the serpent comes and tempts Eve, and Adam's standing right there, and she saw that the fruit was pleasing to the eye, and it looked like it was tasty, and it would give all sorts of different benefits, and she ate it, and she gave some to Adam as well. And so uh, when the woman saw the fruit of the tree was good, I just said this, but for for food, pleasing to the eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Okay, we see that sin entered the world, and what's the first thing mankind did? They they covered themselves. They made a a, a mask of sorts to cover their nakedness. They became self-conscious. They became aware of what was wrong or, or what they didn't like about themselves. The man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. The very, like, first story after creation has to do with the, a mask being the consequence of sin, a mask being brought into play. And you think about that just for a second. When, when mankind was created, we were created to walk through the garden with God in the cool of the day. How cool would that have been? And, and that's something that, that we're going to get to some of this at the end of this message tonight. But that's a, a relationship that can be restored. And that's something that we can hope for. Uh, we can experience that to a point here still on earth. Um, but then when we ultimately get to heaven, that's something that we have to look forward to. So we see that Adam and Eve, they, they sinned and then they cover themselves with leaves. And, and, and we've gone from physical coverings to more of these like intangible emotional coverings and, and ways that we act and putting masks on. The other story is from Acts chapter 5, and it's the story of Ananias and Sapphira. And um, the, the story goes is that the people of the church, the, New Test- the church in Jerusalem, right after Jesus had taken heaven, th- there was incredible things happening there. And one of the, the verses talks about how people were selling their possessions and giving it to the poor or giving it to the church to be used for the poor. And, and people were doing that, and I'm sure that they were receiving a lot of, like, accolades or compliments. Hey, great job. Thank you so much for that. And Ananias and Sapphira are a, a married couple, and uh, they had some land, and they sold it. And they were, you can just kind of picture them in their home or something saying, well, let's say, for instance, we sold it for $1,000. Well, let's give 600 of it, or whatever the number is. Let's give that to the church and keep the rest for ourselves, which would not have been a bad thing. But the thing that they did wrong was they they gave the, the 600 or whatever number they gave, but they said this was the total that we got. They lied about it. And they did something intentionally to try to make themselves look better. They tried to keep up with what everybody else was doing. 
and yet hold back things, but they, they, were, they were putting a mask on, trying to, to portray a better image than what they really felt like they were. You know, I think you and I are not much different. In a lot of ways, we have masks, and we wear them, and it's not a good thing, okay? It's fun tonight, uh, but it's not a good thing. So I want to talk about where do masks come from? And the first kind of category that, that masks, you know, when you think about your own life and, and you think about the, the reasons why you act a certain way to try to get people to think a certain thing about you, the first way that, that or the first reason for masks is painful experiences, that you've gone through something in your life. And maybe you're a person who's experienced sexual abuse, uh, sexual abuse. Maybe that happened to you. It's, it's something that you had no control over. But it's a piece of your story. And, and it's, I'm not saying that it is not painful and, and all of that, but it's become something that you've tried to hide, you've tried to run from. And you wear all these masks and, and, and you're trying to cover up the hurt and cover up the embarrassment. It's a very real thing. It's a very real experience. Um but it's, it's not really, really you. And you're trying to portray something different. Another one is verbal abuse. You know, I, I think those of you who were on the, the fall retreat last year remember me talking about words, and um, we're actually going to talk about that a little bit again. But you remember we, we talked about how there's those phrases or those comments that people say to you that for some reason stick with you? Um, and, and sometimes it's just flippant things that, uh, you know, don't really mean that much, but all of a sudden you realize that that's become a part of your worldview, like how you view yourself. And then other times it's people saying truly hurtful things, like you're worthless, you're trash, you're nothing, you're not going to amount to anything. And for some reason you choose to believe that as true rather than all the other people giving you compliments, why do we hyper-focus on the one, the one negative? I, I mean, I'm guilty of this one a ton. Uh, I'll talk about this uh, quite a bit over the weekend, just some different stories. I got a story coming up here, but um, one of my other jobs outside of coaching youth pastors is I coach college tennis, okay? And at the end of the year, uh, all of my players are asked to fill out an evaluation on me, their coach, and I hate it because I'll read through it and it's like five pages long, like our office lady, she types out every response. And I read through it and, and it's good, 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 good. And I just, just glaze over those and then there's that one negative thing and I know who said it. It's anonymous, but you just know. And it hurts me so bad. And I put that packet down and I'm like, I'm a terrible coach. I'm the worst. And I've found that as a coach, even though I'm, I'm good at it and I'm experienced at it, there are times that I compensate for something that somebody said that hurt me, that I put a mask on like that. Maybe there are things in your life that people have said um, that, that have prompted you to, to wear a mask. The third painful experience is neglect. Um, Maybe you have not received the affirmation or the time or the care from somebody whose care you really desire and need. And that's hurt you. And now you wear a mask trying to get other people to like you more 
or, or to, um, to try to act like you have it all together. Um, but that's created this mass or this, this pain, this heart, heartbreak in you. And you're acting in a certain way to try to get people to think that you're not neglected or you're not hurt in that way. The other place that masks come from is sin. And the first area of sin is pride. That, like Ananias and Sapphira, they were trying to look good. And, and, you know, you've got those people in your life, you maybe know them, where they kind of strut around and they think that, you know, they'd never do anything wrong. They're trying to give off this image that, that they're perfect. Or that, that they never make a mistake. And, and there's this, like, you know, they're better than everybody else. And that's a mask that hurts not only them, but other people. And the other one is hide. You got pride and you got hide. Uh, when, when you sin, and I, I don't know about you, but when I sin, uh, I don't want to go out into light. I don't want to show people who I really am. I don't want to be open and honest with people, and so I hide, and so I put on the mask that everything's all right, that I'm doing good. When people ask, how's it going? I say, good, but I know that that's not right, so I'm wearing my mask. Okay, so masks come from those painful experiences. They come from sin. Uh, They're very, very real. And they're covering up a broken, broken heart. I've got a girl on my tennis team right now. She's a freshman. Her name is Angel. Um, And I actually asked Angel if I could share this story, all right? So I met Angel about a year ago. She came to a recruit overnight, and she was so— she's—honestly, she's not a good tennis player, Okay. Uh, which is kind of hard, like sad. Uh, but she really, really, really wanted to come to University of Northwestern in St. Paul, Minnesota. She wanted to be a part of the culture of our tennis team, okay? She's number 11 out of 11 on my team, okay? So she's the lowest player, but I'm keeping her around because I know that she needs to be a part of this community. And she, she literally chose this school to be a part of it, okay? Uh, and I really enjoyed getting to know Angel through the recruiting process. And then she shows up on campus, and we start practice. And the, the weekend after our, the women's second week of practice, we went to a camp and did a team retreat. And nobody likes Angel. Liked Angel. Angel was walking around, and she was, you know, tennis is kind of an interesting sport where, you know, why is this person playing above me? Well, did they beat you? Yes. Okay, that's why they're above you, you know? Uh, and, and Angel was getting beat by everybody on our team, and yet she was walking around saying, oh, I could beat that person, I could beat that person, and talking all big and, like, kind of puffing up herself and, you know, like, I'm this great thing, and, and this team should be blessed to have me. And when we went to the camp, uh, it was actually the camp that the last two summers Angel has been on staff at as a, uh, as a counselor. And the whole weekend, because it was during a men's retreat, so they had all sorts of other staff back helping run that retreat, the whole weekend we would go walk someplace like to the Wiffle Ball Stadium or something like that, and people would run up to Angel and give her a hug. And, and it was crazy. Everybody at camp spoke so highly of her. And people on the tennis team are saying, Coach, don't keep Angel on the team. Uh, my two women's captains actually suggested that, that she shouldn't be around because she's just, like, polarized. Like, she, she talks bad about people on the team. And I had to pull Angel aside and say, Angel, what's the difference? Like, who's the real you? Is it camp you or is it tennis you? And I know it's camp Angel. I know that's the real one. Because I've worked at camps all summer. It's crazy. You can't fake it. 
for a summer at camp. I know that that's who she really is, but why did she show up and wear that mask? She's never going to be a great, great tennis player, but she could have a huge role on our team if she would just be herself. Our team needs camp angel, not, you know, super high-level college athlete angel. And it was an incredible thing for her. And now now this last month, since our fall season has been done, Angel's been awesome because she took off the mask and she was just who she was. She didn't try to be somebody different. And it's been wonderful. I'm very, very proud of her. The crazy thing is, like, people like Angel, they think that who they are and and the the circumstances they have, the the realities of their life, um, they think that that's not good enough. And they try to be something that they're not. Maybe they even think that God made a mistake um, or that she's just not good enough to be be loved or cared for like that. My prayer tonight is that you'll find uh, who you are created to be. And I want to just challenge you, and even going into the retreat this weekend, we're going to have some incredible time of worship. We're going to have time for you to just sit and, and, and spend time in God's Word. We're going to have time for you to have uh, Jesus-flavored, Jesus-focused conversations with each other. But I want to challenge you to just spend some time really seeking the Lord on, who did you create me to be? And then compare that to how you act and how you live now. Because if there's a difference, then some changes need to happen in your life. Okay? So I want to illustrate this, all right? Uh, I, need, I need five volunteers, okay? Volunteer number one, uh, who is like a, like a strong, probably dude. Who's it? Well, you kind of, yeah, come on up. You're like, well, I guess if you're looking for one, I guess that's me. All right, what's your name? Connor. Connor? All right, Connor, go stand right over there. Actually, Connor, stand right here. Okay, Uh, I need you to nominate a friend. Who is somebody who's uh, strikingly beautiful? Okay. we're, We're nominating a friend. Okay, you've been nominated. Come on up. Okay, uh... Who is the funniest person in the room? Get up here. Okay. Uh, Does anybody know like karate or some sort of martial art? For real, you do? All right, let's go. Um, And then I just need one other. Uh, no, No, but you're here. You're up here. Okay. Excellent. That worked out well. Okay. So I have some some masks here, and we're going to do a little, like, improv role-playing, okay? Uh, but get in the order that I called you up, all right? So you're the, you're the funny guy, right? Good, all right? So I'm going to get out of the way so you guys can do your thing. Okay, the first mask is this one here. Okay, Connor, come over here. I actually need you to pick this up and hold it in front of your face until we're done up here, okay? Okay, uh, over there. Yep, give some room. Good job, Connor. Front of your face. Yep, good job. Okay, so our first mask is this lovely... Who's the lovely? You? No, it was you. Okay, all right. So um, I want you to just hold that in front of your face right now. All right. Our second mask, of course, is the clown, right? All right, there you go. 
our third mask. What do we have here? Ooh, look at this guy. Looks like Street Fighter. Okay, now I'm expecting to see some really good moves. All right. So, and then our fourth mask is this one, which is the, uh, like, the super, super, like, holy person. Okay? So, now, I want to emphasize that these are masks. Okay? This is what these people are trying to portray to the world. Okay? So, uh, hottie boom body. Let's go. Let's see it. Work, work it here. No, you're not the hottie boom body. You're the... <laughs> what part... What part of this is attractive, okay? <laughs> look at yourself in the mirror. Just really quick, look at that mask. Okay, all right. So let's say you're doing a little runway walk here. Come on, show us your stuff. Yes, yes, okay, good. Good enough. Twirl, yes, work it, good, good. All right, next, uh, we got the clown. Do something funny. All right. Like most clowns, leave you wanting more. Okay, uh, let's go Street Fighter mode. Come on, let's see some martial arts. Like, <laughs> That's maybe a good thing, I mean, with where we're going with this talk. Break it! No, just kidding. Uh, and we have, we have Mr. Spiritual here, who uh, is very judgmental, thinks he's better than everybody else. He's holier than everybody else. He's a better follower of Jesus. Show us what that would look like. That's, that's very humble. That's not, you're like, you stink, you stink, I'm awesome. Like that, okay? Try it. Good enough. Okay, all right. Hey, how are you doing down there? Good? All right, you're a stud. Okay, so now, so now, howdy boom body girl. I want you to take the mask down but now I want you to show that you're, um, you, like you're really self-conscious, uh, that you, come on, Connor, don't let it down, that you, that you have a terrible self-image, like you don't think you're attractive at all. Oh, please, boo, don't do that, you're better than that. Okay, so what's behind the mask? If somebody's walking around, you know, and, and they're like, I'm the most beautiful person in the world, like, you know, look at me, uh, oftentimes the mask is them covering up that they don't think very highly of themselves, that they think they're worthless, that, that all of that, okay? Uh, we've got the clown. The clown, take your mask off, is depressed. The, he, he's, he's, that was pretty good, actually, until they laughed, yes. The, the, he's overcompensating, trying to be goofy, trying to get people to laugh at him and, and draw attention to himself, feeling that that's some sort of validation, that, that maybe if people laugh, maybe if I make them laugh, which means that they're having fun, which means maybe they like me. And inside, inside, he's depressed. He's hurt. And again, he doesn't think that anybody cares. He doesn't think there's, there's any value in him. Okay, we have uh, Street Fighter. And Street Fighter is afraid. Her mask, excellent. Gold star, that's two gold stars for you tonight. Uh, her mask is is covering up. She's acting tough because she's afraid that people might find out that she's weak. And she, she maybe isn't weak, but she feels that probably from circumstances. Okay? And our uh, holier-than-thou spiritual person takes the mask off and is actually blind. Not physically blind, but listen. No, no, no. But you're, you're acting. That's good. Keep acting blind. Okay? 
A person, listen, this is important. This is kind of the Ananias and Sapphira part of this, okay? A person who walks around acting like they know all the answers and, and they're spiritually like all put together is blind to their, their own heart. Now, I hope that there are, are times, I hope that you and your relationship with Jesus are consistently growing more and more intimate with him that you're learning about him, that you're growing close to him, that you're feeling him speak to you and, and speak through you so that you're a fruitful part of his kingdom. But there's such a humility that comes with that. When you walk around, you've got this mask on, like they call it your church mask or something. You show up on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night or whatever, and you're like, I'm great. I'm the most spiritual and, and, and holy person in the room. You're actually blind to the fact that you still need a savior you still sin. Okay? So these are four examples of masks that, uh, and I want you to think about it. (laughs) This is getting good. (laughs) I want you to think about it. Do you see yourself in any of these four? Are you, listen, are you standing up here? Connor, how's it going holding that mask up? Uh, it gets hard over time holding a mask. Are you guys seeing where I'm going with this? All right, Connor, you can come put it down. Nice job. You guys can put your masks out on the table. Here's the point. Nice job. Here's the point. We think, we think that, that we're doing it right we think that almost that we can get away with, listen, fellas, we think that we can get away with the mask, that people are actually going to believe that it's the real us. But over time, the longer you try to hold that mask in place, the heavier it gets and the harder it gets. And now all of a sudden, you're kind of like Connor's arms are getting tired from trying to hold the mask in place, but your whole life becomes exhausted because you're trying to maintain this act or this charade. Trying to get other people to think something that isn't true. But the reality is, who you are, who God made you to be, is awesome. You may be hurt. You may have scars. There may be circumstances in your life or or issues of sin that you're dealing with, but Jesus came to heal that broken heart. Jesus came so that you don't have to wear a mask anymore. You know, he came and and lived on earth and, and he was the perfect example of what a human could be. He lived completely sinless. And that's a tip of the cap to Jesus because he was tempted in every way that we are. He was tempted to put on every type of a mask. He was tempted in every way. But he said no every single time. But then that gave him the opportunity to take your place, to take my place in the penalty for our sin. You see, we all sin. It doesn't matter if you're one of those people that that have had painful circumstances, that things were done to you that were outside of your control that have created this perceived need to cover up. But you still have sin in your life. And you still need a Savior. And maybe you guys have heard this before. 
and, and maybe that, you know, it's, it's something that you've, you've kind of thought about before, but I want to challenge you to think about it through the lens of these masks. Why do you keep fighting so hard to, to portray an image that isn't really you? Why don't you surrender, give up, and finally put the mask down, and when you put it down, it's probably, it's probably going to sound like that because you've been holding it for so long. And let Jesus come in and make you whole. Second Corinthians chapter 12, uh, Paul says, uh, it's Jesus talking to him, he says, my grace is sufficient for you for my strength is made perfect in your weakness. I have this pot at my home uh, that I took and I, I cut holes in and I burned holes in and all of that. And it's a plastic thing, so it's really cheap. Um, but I hold it up and I'm like, this thing's a piece of junk, isn't it? And I broke pieces of it and I saw it's got duct tape on it and different times, types of tape. It just looks like trash. But then if I take it and I light a candle, turn off all the lights in the room and turn that pot upside down over the candle, where do you see the light? Through the cracks, through the wounds, through the imperfections and the impurities. A surrendered life to Jesus becomes a, a life that, that shines brightly for his kingdom. It doesn't cover the wounds, but it turns those into things where God's power is made perfect. And so that's my challenge for you tonight, is to finally surrender and give up the mask, throw it away, crack it up, get it out of there, and let Jesus take over your whole life. Okay, I want to invite the band to come back up. And I want you all to stand up where you're at. Stand up. Uh, I'm the new guy here, so if I, if I make you uncomfortable, well, I suppose I get to see you all weekend, but if I make you uncomfortable, uh, that's okay. But here's what I want to challenge you with. If you've been thinking about, you know, yourself as I've been talking tonight, and I actually thought the songs that we did tonight were really cool, just made perfect sense. If, you, if you're somebody who's saying, I wear a mask and I don't want to anymore, and whatever that mask is, and we're not going to ask you necessarily to, to bear your whole soul or anything, but if you're a mask wearing, can we dim the lights just a little bit? And, and, and you guys can just start playing. Um, I want to invite you, if you're saying, I, I confess I'm a mask wearer right now, I want to invite you to just come forward. I mean, you're all going to be able to come forward here for worship. But I want to challenge you to take that first step in getting rid of the mask and be bold and to get out of your row and to come here and get ready for worship. That this space here is, is an altar. It's a place for you to come and do your business with God and get rid of those masks. If you're somebody who's never given your life to Jesus, I want to challenge you and say, make tonight the night. Tomorrow's not promised to you. Why not let him come in and transform your life? Why not let him come in to bring his light into your life and shine through your whole life? So as the song starts, I, I, I actually want you to wait back. If you're saying, I'm good, I don't have a mask, I, uh, I'm doing good, I want you to stay where you're at for just a couple minutes and allow the people who 
who have the masks and need to do some business to come down here, do the business, and then um, you can join them. If you've got a friend who's down here, you can certainly come and pray for them and, and be with them. Um, but make tonight the night that you deal with those things. Let me pray. Jesus, thank you for being here. Thank you for dying on the cross for us. We're sorry for the days, weeks, maybe even months that go by where we don't acknowledge our gratitude for the cross and how you've come and brought so much healing to our lives. God, we're sorry that we still try to use other things. We try to use masks to cover up the hurt, cover up the shame, cover up the fear. Lord, I pray that you come and do your work. Holy Spirit, please. Jesus, you are worthy. You're worthy of our worship. You're worthy of all of our